0: Elephant in the Room is an anarchist radio show from Dresden, Europe, where we talk with activists from all around the world about politics, life and universe. Airing every second and fourth Monday of the month on Color Radio. You can find the podcast version of the show on the Channel Zero Network or on your favorite podcast platform. From activists for activists. Hello and welcome here by elephant in the room. In our show today, we want to pick up a topic we already had two times uh, in this show. We want to talk about the situation at the Polish-Belarusian border. One year ago, it was really present to everybody. And now after the beginning of the war in Ukraine this year, and the uprising in Iran, this topic got a bit forgotten. So that's why I have today guests from the No Borders team and we want to get a little bit yeah, into the recent situation, what's going on and yeah, how does the last year developed on the border and in terms of solidarity and yeah, a lot of questions we would like to talk about today. So hello, maybe you want to introduce yourself to our listeners.
1: Yeah, sure. Uh, hi, everyone. Uh, I'm Gabi and I'm a young anarchist from Warsaw involved in the No Borders movement in
2: Poland. Uh, hi, I'm Ronny from No Borders team, and we are the collective from Poland we're working since one year No on border with Belarus, so also with border with Ukraine. So, yeah, we're really happy that we are here. Hi, my name is Janek, and I'm part of No Borders team as well.
0: Nice to have you here. Um, I would like to start... Uh, with a question on how did you actually get involved in all that? Because somehow the situation popped up from one day to the other, more or less. And yeah, I'm interested in how did you get to know into that? And what was your decision to join?
2: Uh, it was quite natural because I think a lot of us was involved in no border movement before in Poland, but also out of Poland, like in Greece and Balkans or in Calais. So in Poland, like this topic and no borders movement wasn't uh, really big till 2021. But we have also like the protests in the deten- closed detention camps in 2012 and 13. So part of us was also active at that time. So it was quite natural when the, the Eastern Corridor was open, that we, we will be here.
1: I wanted to add that a lot of us already were doing some activist stuff uh, in Poland. So when the crisis started one year ago, it was totally natural for most of the people to join the movement and to join people, local people uh, in Podlasia area. So yeah, that happened.
0: Maybe you can give us an overview for people who are not aware Actually, what is going on? So maybe shortly, how is the situation with the border? What happened back then? How developed it in this year?
2: So uh, maybe I will start. This Eastern Corridor uh, was opened in summer last year. So it's more, it's like one and a half year that is happening now. So it really depends if we're talking uh, about which uh, time period because from September last year till uh, July, there was like this restricted access zone when no one can go to help people there. And from July, it's again legal to go into the forest, but somehow it's illegal to help uh, people there. So it really depends. In last winter, it was quite harsh. There was like army everywhere and we got a lot of harassment from the army and police and Yeah, like the result of last year is like, for sure, like 30 people died in this forest. And we don't know about people that are lost. So it was quite harsh. And uh, it's still I mean, it's not anymore like media topic in Poland, and I guess in Europe, but it's still happening. And uh, in October and November this year, we had like hundreds of crossing every week. So I mean, nothing changed, but just there is not so popular topic anymore. So in the beginning, there was a lot of activists and organizations trying to work there. But after some time and after the war in Ukraine starts, uh, all the bigger groups left, even if they were not active uh, on the zone because it was forbidden to go there. So only grassroots <coughs> activists helped people there. But now, anyway, this all big organization uh, are gone. So it's just mostly local people and some little groups helping there. So, yeah, I think nothing changed. It's just like there's not a- anymore any attention. Yes. And also, yes, it's, the situation is less intensive than in, in the beginning. But now uh, we, are har- we are having a hard time with um, collecting all of needed staff to, to help those people.
1: Yeah, so it is important to remember that uh, the situation is still happening and the resources are already mostly gone. And the local people who are living in this uh, Podlasie area, uh, they are mostly burned out also. So like my friends already said, there is like a few local people left at the area, also small activist groups, which are helping, still helping people in the forest. But the topic is like hidden from the Polish public media. The topic just doesn't exist anymore, especially uh, when the Russia invades, uh, invaded uh, Ukraine. That was for no borders uh, groups, a very strange situation because our Ukrainian border was open for all the people who are are running from the the war. And also the next border to the Ukrainian one, the Belarusian one, was still closed. The people cannot go uh, inside Poland. So the, like I said, resources are already mostly gone especially because most of the Polish people also wanted to help at the Ukrainian one.
2: And I think it's also important to add that it's really different, uh, I guess, that some people can imagine, like there was no support for our uh, work from the state or from the officials. They make like really war against us. So every help on Belarusian border was criminalized. So like Gabi said, it's really strange feeling for us that we were active also on the Ukrainian border to see these differences in like the border with Ukraine you're a kind of hero and uh, you know you have like support from the authorities and like 200 kilometers north you are a criminal and some of our comrades have some charges uh, and some of our comrades were beaten and some cars was destroyed so it really sh- show us kind of I don't know I don't know even how to say this, but it was really strange feeling to to feel this difference so big but it's like the same same area actually.
1: You
0: already mentioned that the situation changed in the terms of attention and also how how intense everything is on the border, but you also said every day there are still people coming. So how did it actually change for the people who are coming right now? Because we all know that they started building this wall. Maybe you can um, share some experience about this question, like how is it for the people right now when they try to cross
1: when the crisis started one year ago most of the people they thought they are coming in the easiest way to europe so they were buying tickets uh, to fly to minsk and then they were going by buses to the border uh, they also had some of them had hotels and accommodation in minsk so they were thinking that This is like the really nice way to cross the border with Europe. And then they were coming by buses to the border. They were kicking out from the buses and they were left in the forests by Belarusian guards. The situation of the refugees changed because in one year the information just went abroad. So they already know that this is not the easy way to get into Europe. It is still Easier way than going uh, by boat by sea, but also the countries uh, which are refugees from are changing. In August and yeah, I think in holidays in the summer uh, there was more people from Africa coming, but now there are already uh, people from Syria also coming again because the, the Syrian ones were the the biggest group at the beginning. The Kurdish people also are coming. But the situation changes also with the weather in Poland, because this is like the area of the ancient forest, the oldest one in Europe, so it is very wild, and this is a like crazy area to go for the people who don't know how the forest looks like. Yeah, you know, there is a lot of differences uh, in Polish weather. In the summer, there was a lot of insects like mosquitoes, and people were bitten so much by mosquitoes, they cannot just stand in the forest. It was very awful to see, uh, especially because they just needed medical treatment in the forest. And now when the weather is getting colder and colder, they are just freezing, uh, especially because there is also a lot of rivers uh, in this area. So they got wet and they are spending the night uh, in the forest uh, without the shelter. So, yeah, the situation is changing a lot uh, in a very short time. It is hard to say how many people will cross the border in the next upcoming weeks. So it is also hard to say what their needs will be.
2: And about the wall, probably you know from last January, the Polish government started to build a wall. It was ready in July. It's like 180 kilometers of uh, metal fence high for five and a half meters with a razor wire on the top and also with like all detection devices. So, of course, the narrative of the government is like this wall will stop all of migration, which is uh, obviously not true because people are still crossing. The difference is they are more injured because they need to jump from this fence. They are cut with the razor wire. So... The people that we are meeting now in the forest, they often have broken legs, broken arms, and they are badly cutted. So people are still coming, but they are in horrible condition. And we need to remember that, I mean, we met a lot of people who were selling their organs to pay for the trip. So a lot of them are exhausted even in the beginning of this trip. So after some weeks in the forest, they are really in bad condition and... If we find them in the forest, we cannot call ambulance because that means they will get pushed back and they will die probably, or they will go to the prisons in Belarus or they will be beaten. So, so yeah, like wall is really horrible thing, but it will not stop migration. If there is a wall, it's more difficult. So, I guess people need to pay more for the Belarusian border guards because they are helping them to cross for the human traffickers because they help them to cross this fence. So. I mean, this wall is just supporting human traffic, in our opinion.
0: Okay, I would shift a little bit the topic. You were talking at the beginning about uh, that in the area, a lot of locals were supporting. So it's not only activists like you who are coming, but also people who are living there. And you already mentioned that there was this restricted zones. And in this restricted zones, people are also living And I was wondering, yeah, first of all, it's been almost a year in this restricted zone. What happened to the people who were living there? And in which sense did you maybe collaborate or how did you work together? Or how did people actually organize themselves already there?
1: We started collaborating with the locals at the beginning. There is a lot of people living there who knows exactly how... Hard can be to be different in a Polish country because the diversity of uh, the locals, of the religion, of the culture there is, yeah, it's wild. So a lot of people wanted to help. Refugees, they were seeing people on their village streets, so they were like the natural thing for them was to give them some help, ask uh, if they need something, and then well, this was criminalized, and they heard that what they were doing was actually illegal to help some someone on the street so we started talking with them made some friendships even with the local people we are doing our job together at the border but we know how hard for them it is to stay in this area because you know most activists can go there for some weeks and then they are going back to home get some rest and they can go again. But the local people are just living there. The restricted uh, area was making them more isolated than they they are now. So they were also asking us for some help to just not be alone in this area. For now, we know a lot of local people have charges for helping uh, refugees at the border. Some of them lost their jobs because of this. It is also worth to mention that this is a very familyish area, so most of them know each other. Also, the border guards are mostly from these local people families. So they also know exactly how the guards are working on the border. And that was a very big issue for them. They also had a lot of intervention by police, by army, by guards in their homes when the guards are checking for the refugees in the houses. So I'm pretty sure that this situation made them also very stressed about their lives and their homes in this area. I don't know if someone moved out, but, you know, this is also a very elderly area in Poland. There is not much young people over there. So for me, it is really hard to talk with them and see how they are just living there with all the consequences they are facing right now, Uh, thinking about that they should be just living their lives because they are older people so they just need calm, I think.
0: Yeah, interesting actually to imagine that from one day to the other you're the place you actually live is in a like area like this. And then I think it's really cruel this um that you're not allowed to help. I think this is actually I think a really big point on this already inhumane system that this helping is getting criminalized, not only in Poland, but also on other borders of European Union. I was wondering, because I think the whole border system, usually we think, okay, it's the border, but we know the border system is wider, so it expands because people manage to cross, and then um, it's not that they're allowed to freely move. So that's why also with this situation, opening the corridor um, through Poland, the whole border system kind of developed, uh, can you tell us a little bit about that?
2: When it became a big thing in August last year, there was like huge mobilization of border guards. And like Gabi said, uh, on this region, Podlasie, this is the region where it's happening. It's uh, in the border with uh, Belarus. So in Podlasie, most of the border guards was from Podlasie. So they knew this area, they... They knew also the border guards from Belarus, so they know the, the ground, they know the forest. So it was somehow, they were familiar with this, also with smugglers. But in August and September, like all border guards from Poland uh, came there and crazy amount of police and crazy amount of military. So this region, except even the zone, the zone was like five kilometers wide. Uh, in some places more but all the cities around was totally militarized we have like tanks on the streets and checkpoints every one kilometer in the cities and out of the cities like police stop every car just to look if there are white people inside or not and that's all that's it that's how the checkpoints was working but yeah like when we said about local people like like you said it was just from normal uh, life they get into the like the emergency state like really with army on uh, on the streets all the time yeah there was like big presence of services uh, at that time and uh, i mean now it's still uh, now it's still a lot but uh, it's not so tense because more also a lot of military are now present on the ukrainian border but the thing is if we talk about Polish border guards they are proud to say that they don't work with front- Frontex for example like this is like Polish government uh, narrative that they are don't work with Frontex be- because they are quite critical to European Union which is just kind of uh, this is not true because as as we as we don't don't meet like this uh, Frontex like soldiers on the border. We are sure that the Frontex is managing this border because it's like Eastern border of European Union. So it's impossible to work without Frontex. So I think it's developed a lot. And this is really profitable from for Poland, like this whole situation, because there's a lot of money flowing from European Union to make this border closed. And even like the... The wall. The wall costs like uh, half billion of euro. Officially, uh, we are expecting that it's much more. So, like the European Union didn't pay for the wall as itself, but uh, pay for all this electronic equipment, like detection cameras and everything. So, it's a lot of money. It's like a lot of work for new border guards. So, we also see it like uh, some kind of opportunity for yeah to make this eastern border of european union more uh, strict and like we said like before it was this region was kind of forgotten and like the border guards make some even deals with the ukrainian border guards and in the same family you have border guards and smugglers so it, were, it was more like wild style and I, I f- we think now now it's more strict it's over
0: and the people who manage to cross right, they are on the Polish side, but they are not necessarily allowed to go further. How um, is the, like this system right now developed in Poland? What happens to people who manage to cross but are now then in Poland and, I don't know, get um, checked by the police or whoever service is there right now in this area?
1: The people who are cut by police or the guards in the forest, they are if they are not being pushed back into Belarus, they are going mostly to the closed camps in Poland. We have seven closed camps right now, which are. It is hard to say if they are camps. They are for me. They are more like a prison, but with worse conditions than the prison in Poland. Because uh, the people who are going there, they don't really know how much time does it take for them to get some papers or any information. They don't have lawyers and they don't have any information about their rights uh, inside the camp. They cannot go outside. They cannot go for the shopping, for the grocery. They don't have anything. So they are asking us for some help. So we are sending also a lot of packages uh, into closed camps. But they are also asking us for information about the attorneys, uh, about making some papers uh, to stay in Poland. But this is not happening. At first, when the crisis started a year ago, I know that few groups at the border were trying to get a process of asylum in Poland for for the refugees, but they. It just doesn't work in Poland. They can go with attorney to to the government and they don't get the asylum. They are just going to the closed camps. And it is also important to mention that those closed camps, we don't really know what is happening inside. People are in um, big rooms. They don't have a privacy at all. And a lot of those camps were built in a few weeks just to face the refugee uh, problem in Poland. So the people who are staying in Poland, they don't have anything and there is no opportunity for them to change that. And it is also important to say that if they have some traces in Poland, like uh, if the guards uh, are having them and then push back them into Belarus, and they are crossing again, and they are trying to get to another country, they are going mostly uh, again to Poland, because they already have traces in Poland. So even for those who are so lucky to get outside of Poland, outside of Belarus, it is also very hard to stay in uh, other countries because of those yeah, information uh, Polish guards already have about them. So it is, in my opinion, it is better for them sometimes to stay in this forest, not being caught, than being caught by guards and just to take them to to the camps.
2: And of course, we can hear in the media about some uh, cases, there was few in last year that there was some informatics from Afghanistan that they get some papers and there was a group from Syrian lawyers that uh, get some help finally they uh, left to Germany but like if you are well educated and you are from a country like Syria there is like a little chance that they will give you some papers and make a big story in media about this but 99% of people don't have this chance and it shows like also, this migrant policy of European Union, like, OK, if you are well-educated, if you are lawyer or doctor, OK, we can accept you. But uh, it's also like class thing uh, for, for us. So even if we can hear in media about the stories that someone gets papers, like Gabby said, 99% of people get decision of deportation or or they are invisible because... This uh, detention camps was so overcrowded that sometimes they just released them on the streets without any papers. So.
0: Yeah, this uh, sounds crazy, actually. Or I mean, not crazy. It's like, as we kind of know, this is European migrant policy, but still, it's uh, uh, incredible. People organize, right? People kind of try to fight for better conditions also in these camps. I think there were hunger strikes. And uh, I think it's important to to talk about the struggle people starting for freedom and their right to actually move,
1: yeah, uh in those closed camps, there was like several hunger strikes. We know that a uh, few people committed suicide inside those camps. We also made few um, solidarity actions outside the camps because we obviously cannot go inside. And then Krosno happened. Uh, maybe Roni, you want to say more about Krosno?
2: The hunger strikes was happening since uh, last autumn, and uh, there was like small actions happening in the front of this. But like a movement, uh, mov- like No Borders movement, decided to make like bigger demonstration in one in the front of one detention camp. It's in Krosno odrzanskie It's quite close to German border. So together with German comrades, we, are gather- we gathered there and we made quite big and nice demonstration there. But it became really violent uh, from the police side. There was some clashes and we finally reached the place when the people locked uh, in the camps can see us. So after they was really grateful and it gave them a lot of hope that we are there and they are not alone. But the result of this is also like 10 people now get charges for the assault of police officers. So I think the trials will be in spring. It's really a fucked up story and I think it's a big possibility that they will go to jail. So I think uh, we will let you know what's happening if we, but because we will need a lot of support with this uh, thing. But uh, yeah, this was the biggest thing that happened uh, in Solidarity Movement. But we cannot forget that there is still like a lot of uh, lawyers and translators that are watching people there. And this is for us, it was like the main f- problem that they don't have even t- translations. So they have no idea what is happening. And it's like crazy stories when the guards don't speak English even. So they cannot remember names of the people. So they just use the numbers. So like number five, do this and number six, do that. And, uh, yeah this reminds uh, the worst uh, history things that happens
1: I also wanted to add that about the resistance inside the camps we know that people are yeah, gathering together and talk about about the issues uh, they have we also receive a lot of ask of help inside the camp and we got a lot of information from the refugees how actually does it look like inside but you know the people are very tired there they don't have food they don't have like teas or anything Uh, So they don't have energy to fight more, I think, Uh, especially when they came from the forest. After being in the forest, they're going to closed camps and they are just, I don't know how to say it, but I think they are so deeply sad about their situation. They just cannot do more. But we know that some of them are trying their best to support each other. So this is very important for us.
0: Um, Yeah, I think it is actually um, really important. Also what you said that even those small symbolic actions from outside is actually giving people hope to, to continue the fight and to resist. I was wondering, how would you say, did your work change since the last year? Like, how did you start? And where are you now? What are the most challenges and what is your main focus right now, actually, in the work you're doing?
2: I think we are facing a lot of uh, difficulties, but one of this is like last winter. It's like was a big wave of solidarity in Polish society. We was even surprised how, how big is it. So there was a lot of groups, a lot of a lot of people were coming to Podlasie to work in in the in the terrain, and there was we have a lot of support in the cities. But like with all things, uh, the wave w- went down. Especially that there are still st- too much happening now in the world, so it's hard to focus on one thing. And uh, like like I well like we said in the beginning, there is less attention now, so we need to do the same thing. But there is less people and uh, le- less media attention, so this we try try to work with uh, with the new reality that. It's not so easy to get uh, support from people anymore because it was something new, but now it's something uh, for people, it's something normal. Yeah, it's always something happened on the eastern border. And we have enough of this, actually, because we heard about this since one year. So we want something new. So, yeah, this is the, the one thing that is quite difficult. But uh, our goals, it's like uh, we are not humanitarian groups, so we are doing this because no one is doing this. And if we are not do, do this, uh, the people will not get any help, but it's not our main goal. Our main goal is to change somehow the view of the border and also like the discussions uh, in Poland, because we don't have at all this radical perspective. I mean, if we can see the mainstream media... It's only fight like the far right against liberals. There is no radical perspective. And we don't even say about No Borders movement, but generally about uh, how to deal with the things that is happening in the world. Because it's obvious that uh, the migration will grow more and more. And in some years, we will have millions of people everywhere. So we cannot stop it. We cannot, in some point, maybe we will be refugees. So... Uh, one of our main ideas is also spread uh, the, this more independent, more anarchist and more uh, revolutionary point of view, radical point of view, because the situation is really radical and we miss this really in public debate. Uh, yeah,
1: Yeah, and about the what changed from the beginning, I think... A lot of good things happened, like the groups in Poland. Now they are collaborating with each other. So that wasn't a common thing before, in my opinion, obviously. But now we know each other very well. We can ask for help for different city from different groups. And this is a good thing. What happened? Also, the work with locals uh, changed because our relationships were are now more tight. So. This is the things which make our work uh, easier. Obviously, from the beginning, it was hard to reach uh, other groups, or uh, it was hard to, you know, uh, collaborate with locals because we just didn't know each other. And now the yeah the relationship in between uh, all of us is, f- I think it's very good. But as Ronnie said, it is no public debate about the border in Poland at all. Uh, We've got only information what is happening at the Ukrainian border right now. Uh, We had information what was at the Belarusian border happening, but there was no debate. That was just information. Nobody was curious uh, how this crisis started and uh, why people are coming at this, this border. So, And also it is worth to mention that there is no governmental help at all at the Belarusian border. So all of the help is from grassroots grassroot movement. And now we are facing more problem financial problems also. Uh, I know that nobody wants to talk about the money, but the truth is a lot of us uh, is spending private money uh, on, on helping people, for example, making packages for those clever camps. They are just expensive things to buy, so if we don't have a support, financial support from NGOs, from uh, government, from anywhere, we are just doing this by ourselves. And the local people who are going there, they are don't, they don't have anything. Like they go to work and they are spending their private money for going to the forest for buying things. So at the beginning, it was easier to fundraise something. Now it is really hard to reach any people who want to donate for our work because all of the attention goes to Ukrainian border, which is also very nice and it is it is important. But the topic with the Belarusian border uh, already drowned in the Polish uh, public debate.
2: And if we, if we are thinking about how to change this situation, we are aware that it's really hard to change it. We cannot change it just in Poland. It's This is a part of European Union border and generally the borders in, in the world. So that's why we are, the only hope for us is like to work together to change the system because like one country, we will not change anything. So that's why it's so important for us to be in touch with comrades in Germany, in all Europe, in Greece Because only if we can, if we will push together, we can reach something. Yeah, we will have elections soon in Poland, but it doesn't look like we have just two right parties uh, that's fighting for the power. So it will don't change a lot. Maybe the second party are more uh, friends with Frontex and European Union. But yeah, it's just far right against far right. So we are thinking more about more global change than just the Polish border.
0: Yeah, but I actually think that it's a pity that your work doesn't resonate in the society, right? Because sure, we as activists can connect and try to fight as hard as possible. But at the end of the day, we need a society who is joining in this fight. So some kind of basic, at least basic human rights of understanding of that people are allowed to move freedom and equality and Not this kind of racist politics, I think, is is actually really important. But yeah, I don't know. Like there's always a short span of interest for certain things. And we can put it on that one. But I think also the the matter of racism, especially with these two border situations in one country, became actually pretty present this year, I would say, right?
1: For sure. And... In my opinion, there is like the problem with Polish society and maybe with other, but this is like very Polish situation. Uh, Like people in Poland have a lot of problems with their daily basis life. Like we've got a so big inflation right now. Uh, there is no um, apartments uh, for people. Um, yeah, there is so many problems that they maybe don't have space to think about problems of other people who are coming to Poland. I don't know, but it is very present that they are not very into problems of other countries we are focusing, uh, I am I am speaking as a Polish uh, person, we are focusing on our own problems and we just don't want to be interrupted with our life.
2: I think uh, this lack of knowledge about what is happening in the world, it's really, yeah, this is something that is it's really Polish for me because like in Polish media, you have like 90% uh, time it's information about Polish things and really not important stuff. But like, like you mentioned, like, that is happening very important things in Iran, in, in Syria, in uh, like in different countries like Yemen or like this now in Qatar, this whole thing with the uh, mundial. But in Poland, in media, you don't have it at all. I mean, if you speak with people that are not, you know, they don't speak English and they're not using like English, English sources, they don't know what is happening in the world at all. This is also, since years and years, the media in Poland just make the society focus on the Polish things. But we are sure that this is connected. I mean, the Polish situation is connected with the world situation. But if you don't speak English, you just don't get this knowledge.
1: Yeah, I think the media and the politics in Poland are creating the the view that Poland is so independent with their own decision that nothing outside the country is involving us. Right? We need to also remember that Polish national media—they are sending so much propaganda right now. They are like they are occupied by uh, politics. So the, if people are watching TV and getting news from the TV, they have, I don't know how to say it, but they've got a lack of information for sure. So, for example, yeah, the Iran situation right now, I don't really know if the national media even said anything about this.
0: Yeah. Is there something you thought we didn't talk about yet, and you would like to to add to the discussion?
1: For sure. I wanted to uh, say something about the statistics. Uh, We have, we know that right now at the Belarusian border, there is no so much crowd of the refugees, but uh, it is changing all the time. So our statistics says that in last months there was less refugees trying to get into Poland, but now it is going uh, to be winter. The Christmas time, uh, New Year's Eve, and we know that this is like a political situation at the border. So we are figuring out that maybe it will change in a few weeks. And our statistic also said that we already help almost 10,000 groups at the border. So it's not 10,000 persons, but groups with people. So uh, last year there was a lot of people here. And I think it is very important to talk about this problem outside the Poland because we see that this is not the biggest topic and it won't be in a few next months in Poland. But as was, as was said before, this is like, um, network of the borders of Europe. So this is not only the Polish problem, but this is the problem of all the countries which are in the European Union. And we need to talk about this and we need to point how the Frontex, how the politics are working at the borders, because there are people who are dying over there. And this is true. And we saw this in Greece, we saw this in Serbia, we saw this in every country which had a problem with the uh, guards at the borders. So we need to remember that if the corridor was open in Poland, it will stay open because no wall, no guards uh, can stop the people from, you know, uh, trying to get normal life. So we need to just remember about that and talk with each other, please.
2: And uh, maybe in long term to think together I mean, I'm not talking about only anarchist group, but all groups that are interested in the future because, like Gabi said, any wall will stop people. So if we like invest more money uh, into the walls and into the guns and into the army, we, we will not win this war anyway. So it's just the thing if we prefer to make a war or we prefer to find like solution that we can Share the things that we are have here, and people in the world don't have it because more and more grounds are not possible to live anymore because of the global uh, climate change and because of the wars for for the resources. So more and more people will migrate. Uh, so yeah, we need to change our totally. I mean, thinking about the society, about the countries, about the states, about economy. Because otherwise, it will be just uh, like humanitarian aid, which lead to nowhere. Yeah.
0: Okay, then thanks a lot um, for this talk. I think uh, there are a lot of interesting thoughts. And I would recommend everybody to think about. And I think, yeah, we all can do something. We all should uh, join, actually, or be aware of the no-border struggle, especially in Europe, where we are kind of in this castle where we are the ones for now being privileged. And you don't have to go necessarily to the Polish border. You can do something on your spot, most probably, because the border system, as we heard, is is not only the border. It's a huge system of camps all around Europe and racist um, migration policy. So there is a spot for everybody to fight against this inhumane politics. So please join Okay then, yeah, thanks a lot for being here today and uh, good luck with your struggle. Thank you.
2: Thank you, Mm -hmm. bye-bye.
3: Every day we come into Poland and they send us back.
4: Have your border force been pushing migrants back into Belarus? Żaden człowiek nie jest nielegalny, <muchy> młody i starszy z Afryki czy Azji. Użyj wyobraźni, zobacz to wyraźniej. Otwarzni migranci, przeciwko straży granicznej pod bronią, grożą, że przegonią, kolbom ciu przyłożą, do ziemi przykwożdżą, obronią granice zachodniego świata, w którym... To nie człowiek, lecz liczy się kasa. Nie widzą siostry, brata. Widzą terrorystów, którzy tutaj przyszli Zagrozić ojczyźnie prawdziwych Polaków, obrońców jednej wiary, którzy z Matką Boską podnoszą sztandary dziś na Bliskim Wschodzie i jeszcze niespokojnie, panowie tego świata zarobili na wojnie, migranci niosą traumę, niebaryłki z ropą. Odbili się od płotu zwanego Europą. Granice moralności, ludzkiej przyzwoitości zostały przekroczone. Na dzisiaj na granicy. Stala od swego domu Nie giną uchodźcy, lecz giną ludzie z rozum Granice moralności, ludzkiej przyswoitości Zostały przekroczone Rostanem wyjątkowym Dzisiaj na granicy stala od swego domu Nie giną uchodźcy, lecz giną ludzie z rozum My już... nie
3: znaczymy nic dla nich Drani, oni wyznaczyli ci zarys Granic, czas na czyny dziś Zanim sami, niechciani, nielubiani Będziemy uchodźcami zamić propagandy chwyt Tani, znamy Nie łykamy i chwamy Chamy, sami, tego doświadczamy Zmiany, klimatułamy, Czemu nie działamy? Ostatnia deska ratunku Dla ludzkiego gatunku Więcej szacunku w stosunku do ziemi Udział w zamieszkach, synku Jeszcze więcej buntu Będzie na do Dopóki nic się nie zmieni Rozkładane zasieki Nielegalne pushbeki Brak zdrowotnej opieki Dzieci w ciąży kobiety Taki obraz niestety polskiej gościnności Pistolety, bagnety W ciągłej gotowości Zamiast chlebem i solo Skąd by ci przypierdolą Humanitarna pomoc Gdzieś istnieje ponoć Tu osoby co noc Umierają toną Zamarzają poną, Uciekając przed wojną Zamiast chlebem i solą Skąd by ci przypierdolą Humanitarna pomoc Gdzieś istnieje ponoć Tu osoby co noc Umierają toną Zamarzają płoną Uciekając przed wojną I sometimes it's a clock Sometimes nine o'clock Swovo clock The monitor, the polish Police across the border They tell us, this way, there's no Polish police. So they will tell us, we must cross those wires. So we creep, we crawl under, and then while we go
2: inside, maybe if the Polish police happens to see you, they will take you back.